on this episode of AV Week. Two huge acquisitions this week. Milestone picks up Vadio and Almo acquires IAVI. Plus, why does Infocom sponsor the USA Science and Engineering Festival? All that and more next on AV Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. AV Week is brought to you by our fine group of underwriters, companies like Infocom International. This is AV Week, episode 241, recorded Friday, April 8th, 2016. The Anti-Dinosaur. Ready. AV, AV Week. Performing scan. Week. Online. This is AV Week. This is AV Week, your weekly wrap-up of audiovisual news and information. My name is Tim Albright. I am your host. Holy cow, do we have some news to cover this week. So let's get these guys introduced and on to the news. First and foremost, uh, editor-in-chief of everything AV Nation and the guy who corrects my grammar, Mr. Josh Trago. How are you, sir? You didn't end it in a preposition. I'm so proud of you. I'll try next time. He's also a consultant with TCOM. Yeah, I know. Doing well. Got to work from home day to day, so I figured I'd join you guys for a little chat about industry issues. Well, thank you, sir. Uh, also with us from Advanced AV, Mr. John Green. How are you, sir? Really well. Things are great. Looking uh, forward to it. Good deal. Uh, and Mr. Hanan from Prime View. Hello, sir. Hello there. Hello. Happy to be back again. Yeah, absolutely. And last but not least, uh, our, uh, our our friendly neighborhood uh, Infocom member, or that, that doesn't even sound right, Infocom employee, Mr. Brad Grimes. How are you, sir? Good, Tim. Thanks for having me. Yep. Uh, all right. So let's, like I said, we have a lot of stuff to cover in, in this short half an hour. We may have to go over slightly over. So first and foremost, uh, straight out of the gate on Monday, uh, Milestone AV Technologies announced that they were getting... Vadio. Uh, so a couple things here. We we actually did an interview with with Scott Gill, CEO of of Milestone AV. AV. Asked him a couple different questions. You know why? Obviously, um, some of the issues they're going to have uh, in, incorporating the two um, companies. One of the issues that they may run into is, is a culture switch or a culture uh, difference. I mean, Vadio has um, products that are reliant on firmware updates and eight you know technologies that things like hdmi and, and uh, 2.2 and, and things that like nature chief and um daylight are the two main products for, for milestone they have two others as well um don't rely on firmware updates so that was one of the things that, that we talked about. we also talked about um you know distribution and and rep firms and stuff like that how they're going to actually go to market with some of those reps um, Josh, we'll start with you on this. Uh, is this a good move for Milestone? Acquisitions in this day and age aren't generally a bad move when you first see them occur. Uh, so I could see this as being a very positive thing because it allows Milestone to expand its reach, to expand the variety of product that they're offering. And it, it sort of plays into the trend in the industry, which is more product 
uh, from a single source. So, you know, you look at the Harmon family being able to offer pretty much an end-to-end -end solution right now after their acquisition of AMX and AMX's acquisition of SVSI, and then you also have uh, Crestron and you have Extron. Everybody's trying to get the whole piece of the pie. Milestone has kind of been, you know, sort of an ancillary thing of we provide the mounts, we provide the screens, and now they're starting to get into actual source material, they're getting into signal converters. So they're starting to, you know, expand their their purview in terms of what's going on in the video side of the world. So it makes a certain amount of sense that they're they're trying to branch out beyond just being sort of the accessory to the piece of gear that is, you know, everybody's looking for. Everybody wants the bright and shiny display, and then you have to call Milestone to hang it on. Everybody wants the laser projector, and then you have to call Milestone to project that image onto. Now they're trying to get more into the actual sources, trying to get into some of the signal distribution, because uh, Vadio, beyond just cameras, also does the, you know, they've got their USB bridge, they've got a video uh, switching uh, box that they introduced, I believe it was last year at yep. Infocom. Uh, and so... It makes some sense that they're trying to expand beyond just being the accessories and being more an integral part of it. And it also makes me believe that they're not done uh, in the long run. That I, I could, if Milestone really wants to move into this and starts and wants to start to move towards the kinds of things that we're seeing companies like QSC and Biam and Crestron and Extron and Harman. All these guys are starting to see, like, expand their offerings to go after larger pieces of the pie or try and go after the whole pie entirely. I, I can see Milestone starting to make similar moves. All right. John, let's, let's get your take on it as, a, as, as an integrator, somebody who, who deals with both of these companies. What does it do for, for guys like you? Well, I, I, gotta, I would go back to, to your statement of culture shock between the two organizations. These are two of the most fabulous companies we work with. I mean, we have great success with both of the product offerings. And I'll tell you, they, they, they approach the dealers and systems integrators very similar. They have a real high level of supports. Both have really good brand names. So I really don't, I, I think it's a good thing. Um, I think it's a little bit of a, a question of like you just said, that doesn't make sense. You know, you know, you got metal and you got this hardware that don't go together. Uh, so, but I think that Josh is right. I think we're going to, see, we're absolutely positively going to see more of this. Um, the other thing is, is that oddly enough, we, their name, Vadio, came up in a conversation I had about a month ago. And again, it goes back to what Josh was saying. I had my, my money on somebody else. I thought, just like Josh had, had speculated, I thought somebody like QSC would buy Vadio. I mean, it makes like good sense. But I think that's going to happen more and more and more. I think that they were looking for a continuity of, a, of, of, of product through the offerings to clients. It makes perfectly good sense to us. All right, Hanan, let's get to the, the manufacturer side of this. Um, both Josh and John mentioned the fact that, that, that you know, Josh said that Milestone's not done yet. Uh, a lot of the chatter, um, not only on social, but other places where people were speculating how many um, acquisitions we were going to see before Infocom rolled out. When you when you have a product like you're not even a product, but you have companies like this coming together, do you think that that the consolidation is is good for the industry, or do you, or do you think that having more players is good? I think it's necessary, but I think it's horrible, um, and I'm going to tell you why. Um, I think at the end of the day, it's very difficult to integrate all these companies together under one roof. I had 
talks that I can't explain or tell you from who within Harman, but how they're having difficulties in integrating all these new companies internally. Uh, High-level talks. Uh, I've had high-level talks with executive-level people within companies like PureLink, how they also want to go and do these types of acquisitions and offer more of that piece of the pie. But that's a horrible reason to just acquire another company. Right. You don't acquire another company just for sheer growth. You acquire companies for synergies and in your ability to offer more solutions to your customers that solve a problem, not just another model number, another SKU. So if the thought process is sales growth, well, yeah, you could accomplish it that way. But that doesn't necessarily mean you have synergies going into Q2 and Q3 and Q4, which is some of the growing pains that I know for a fact Harman is having right now internally. Um, now, with that said, will there be more of this consolidation as long as money is cheap? Yes. Um, as long as credit's available? Yes. But the Pritzker family in general, or the Pritzker group better yet, who, as we know, is the majority holders of uh, Milestone, are very active players, not just in the manufacturing side, also in real estate. And right now, they're flush with cash. Credit, you know, money's cheap. So why not grow? Will the synergy work out? I don't know. I think it's a no-brainer for Vadio, But for Milestone, I don't know. Yeah, and the one thing that I I, I don't know if I, I put this in the in the piece that I wrote. I'm I'm actually excited about the from the Vadio side. I'm excited for those people. The there's some really great engineers, some really great uh, folks over at Vadio, uh, and I'm excited for them because from what I was hearing that 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 the management and the the, the previous owners weren't um, all that AV centric. Let's just put it that way. So, uh, mm-hmm. Brad, from from an industry standpoint and and also from an Infocom standpoint. What what are your feelings about these two groups coming together? Well, they're they're two great manufacturers, two uh, great members of, of Infocom. Um, we'll see them both in June. Uh, you know, mer- mergers are exciting. I mean, the the people, the the executives at Milestone and the executives of Audio coming together, they'll they'll work on getting cultures, you know, on the same set. You know, it's it's difficult. It always is, no matter you know who merges with whom. Um, we've seen great mergers. We've seen mergers that, are, that have struggled. Um, it makes sense. It's a it's a nice merger, you know. When you have a one, when you, it's and it's a good sign. You have, you have a company that's doing very well, like Milestone is, and you have a, a company that's making great new technology, like Vadio is. Um, it's great when they come together. It's a good sign for the industry. So um, how it works out in the end, that's what the uh, that's what the executives get paid the big bucks to make the bring the cultures together and bring everything together. Um, uh, you know, we're excited to, to see them to see them merge and, and hopefully have great success. Yeah, absolutely. All right, uh, another merger acquisition. Um, it, I shouldn't say it, say exactly what it is. It's an acquisition. Um, so so Almo <clears throat> introduced uh, had their had their E4 uh, AV tour in DC uh, and also said, oh yeah, by the way, we're buying IAVI. So if you're not familiar with either group, uh, they're distributors, right? Um, they uh, give you, give uh, clients like like Mr. Green um, the opportunity to buy certain things. This corporation, whatever they're going to call it, um, you know, one would assume it's it's Almo uh, because they're the ones who actually ended up acquiring IAVI, worth one point two billion with a B dollars. Um, John, what does this mean for integrators going forward? That that, that we're having now consolidation, not just by manufacturers, but also by distributors. Well, I, 
I walked over to our purchasing agent and said, are we, you know, where we sat with both and, and she said, yes. And we understood each other's roles. The way that we, the way our interface with the distributor is a little different than others because we have in-house specialists, we have engineering teams, we have marketing teams to support advanced AV. So our relationship is if Alma doesn't have it in our warehouse, call IIVI. If they don't have it, call Cynics. If they don't have it, so our just-in-time inventory is dependent upon that service, service, service. There's an awful lot of people out there, and they even mentioned it in the dealers that they're working with and how they count on them to provide additional services. To that group, I would think there's probably a positive thing. It doesn't have that much of an effect on us. Um, the $1.9 billion doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to get their attention. That's part of the problem, too. I mean, that goes back even to the Harmon conversation. They do $6.9 billion. How, does, that's a good thing, but does that mean that I'm going to get the attention I need because I'm only doing X millions of dollars? That's the, that's the concern I have with some of these mergers. All right, Josh, from uh, from the consultant side, is this do you, do you interface with distributors much, or are yours pretty much just you know manufacturers? Uh, I tend to deal mostly directly with manufacturers. Uh, distribution will pop up because occasionally we'll spec something that's a one-off and not everybody is set up for a dealer because not every integrator needs every single product all year long and can't facilitate the sales for those kinds of things and that's so if I spec something kind of obscure or something a little bit out of the ordinary um, then we'll deal with that at the same time there are also product lines that only offer through distribution so we also, if we're going to put into that method, we have to be aware of that, and we have to pay for that. We have to make that consideration. Um, but in terms of you know this, it just it's not going to have a huge impact on what I'm specking because my goal is to spec the right things for my clients. It's to spec the right things for the project. Uh, you know, we're we're there to provide answers and provide solutions that our clients are asking for. Yeah, where, I, I, where that yeah. falls is different. And yet, and the other the other danger to this too is that there are different pricing models from different distributors, and that's I mean we just recently and I you know distributors go unnamed, but we were told by the manufacturer well these are the three distributors we got three distinct different pricing levels, for no good reason so some of this stuff has got to get straightened out. Well, is and, it just the is it your relate and it, it, don't tell me something you you're not supposed right. to, but right. is it your relationship or or your purchasing level with those distributors or is it your or is it something else, John? Do you think it's just? No, I I, I think it was something else. Okay. I mean, again, we're we're a reasonably sized integrator, oh, yeah. and I think that you know, and and so it's not a case when we're talking to the manufacturer. So he literally said to me, "Go get a go get a quote, and I'll let you know if you're if they're pricing at the right price." And I sent it to him. He goes, "Oh yeah, we'll straighten this out right away." Hmm. And then and then it took about oh about three or four days to. So the relationships between the integrators and the distributors. You have to fight for those relationships, just like you have to do between us and a manufacturer. So it's well, and here's the big danger to it. At the end, is how few people are going to be end up holding the strings for access to product. Is uh, the more we consolidate available avenues for purchasing, uh, the more danger, the more likely it's going to be difficult for the right people to get that product because integrators, as we know, are continually you know, merging or getting uh, having limited resources or not able to support specific product lines, which is pushing them through distribution. And if they only have one or two options for distributors at that point, now the distributors have a lot more control over who who's going to be winning that project potentially. 
because they're saying, you know, well, this person supported us. They went through us for a lot more uh, of their distributed product right. as opposed to going direct to the dealer. So at what point, you know, does the distributor start playing favorites? And well, I think there's who has I, Josh, I agree I, with I, you. I, I've seen that happen. Yeah. <laughs> and I think there's a lot of doubt. I think there's a lot of market pressure. You know, okay, now we have two companies that are worth $1.9 billion. It takes a lot of feed that beast. Okay, and if I'm not the one that's working through them as a distributor or buying their product, they will find somebody to distribute the product to. <laughs> no. They simply will. No, you, you raise a good point, in, you know, both of you gentlemen. And the, one of the reasons why we stopped three years ago, we worked with a very well-known distributor in the U.S. One of the main reasons why uh, we released them is that they were playing this, you know, tier one through tier five game with different integrators. And... They were hurting our relationships with our integrators that they were wanted to swap out with other products because the distributors were hurting them. So we actually stopped working through distribution at the time for that exact reason. Well, I, I, again, Hanan, I, I agree with you. I think that the relationship should still maintain itself between the manufacturer and the systems integration company. And if you determine that there's level one, two, three, I think that's a fair thing. I just don't. I agree with you also that that shouldn't be determined at a distributor level. Yeah, I, I, think, know, I think it's I think it's too random. I, I agree with you. That's so. We walked away from the distribution model, and now only now we're coming back. But we're only coming back specifically for security. Um, and it's interesting because the reason why we went back through distribution, not in the AV model, not in the digital signage, not in the broadcast, specifically for security, is we recently started working with a well-known security company called Tyco. And on the security side, which everyone talks about and reads about how much AV should they or should they not get involved in the security side of the business. But the reality is security is a really different type of vertical. And I'm a big believer in specialization, that everybody should specialize what they're really good at. With that said, there are distributors like Annexter who they live and breathe security. Yep. They know security so well. Yep. And through the request of their customers, we're actually creating a specific solution called calling integrated solution of uh, display technology with sit-to-stand consoles uh, that are designed specifically for security and something that we learned um, in the oil and gas vertical as well with one of our OEM partners. So I look at distribution as, again, solving a problem, yes. trying to help customers, not just moving more product. Right. And I think that has I, to be the goal. Yeah. I agree with you, and I think that this is going to be somewhat of a bold statement. I think that distribution as we see it today is still in its infancy in the AV integration marketplace. I think in IT, it's been well established, and, and those roadmaps have been worked out. I think that in security, I agree with you that there are distributors are specialized. I think that we're still uh, trying to figure out exactly what the role of the distributor is going to have. There are, there are distributors that do an excellent job. I mean, we have really good working relationships with many of them. Uh, but I still think it's an infancy as to what role they play and how we interface to them. It's not going to go away. <laughs> it's dangerous. But again, it's dangerous because part of the reason why distribution is getting stronger is because the consumers are becoming commodities themselves and how we're yes. approaching the business. And that's going to drive profits down and margins down for everybody. So Amen. it's, again, a scary thought because you're seeing this affecting integrators' profits. You're seeing it affecting manufacturers' pockets. And the only one that wins is distributors, basically, and the rebate platforms. That's it. It's not a technology anymore. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, we're going to move on here to the, our next story real quick. Um, the uh, This is from uh, avnetwork.com. Uh, 
Infocom is sponsoring the USA Science and Engineering Festival. <clears throat> Actually, this is the second year they've, they've done this. Uh, the uh, U.S. ASE Festival uh, actually is happening April 16th through the 17th uh, in D.C. Um, Brad, you guys did this last year for the first time, I believe. You can correct me. Two years ago. Two, Two years ago, ago was the first time. Um, I guess the, the first question is, is why does Infocom do this? Uh, well, for one thing, it's it's um, it's right in our backyard. It's 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 a lot of fun, and it's uh, it's something that uh, that we can we can get involved in uh, very very uh, swiftly. Um, but it's it's part of our workforce development initiative. Um, I was not at the uh, first the first time we were involved two years ago. I was not down there, but I have been out at uh, high schools around the area here around Infocom headquarters. And talking to you know teenagers about the AV industry and what it means to take their interests, which aren't necessarily pro AV as you and I de define it, but you know, I've been in media arts classes, which they you know they're out there making videos on their campus and they don't quite understand what they're going to do with those skills when they leave high school, whether they go to college or they go to a vocational school. Um, so that's really why we get involved in the uh, the USA uh, Science and Engineering Festival. We we have a booth on the floor. It's a huge show. I mean, it's 300 plus thousand people attend the show over a couple of days, three days. Um, so lots and lots of uh, young people, high school students, uh, and and we try to tell them, you know, what AV is all about. That there's some science to it. That uh, what you hear, there's science to what you hear. There's science to what you see. We try to tell them, you know, what's really cool and, 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 and outstanding about our industry. And then we try to, you know, educate them that this is, you know, this is something you can do for a living. You don't necessarily have to, uh, uh, you know, feel like you need to go into certain technology fields that you hear about all the time. There is a, a, an industry called, uh, called professional AV, and, uh, and we like to, and we have fun. We give out prizes. We spend a lot of time with the kids, and uh, so we really look forward to it. And uh, we're one of the big sponsors of the show. And um, you know, if anybody's in D.C., it's free. That's why you know, you know, you should just come down, spend some time with some kids, see what uh, see what they're doing. All right, uh, Josh, you're not only a, a consultant, you're also on the CTS committee. Um, so let's get your take on, on it. Uh, why would or why should I guess um, Infocom sponsor this event for for the young people? There's no reason they shouldn't at this point. We uh, we are an industry that is perpetually talking about the fact that it's harder and harder to find young talent that wants to come here. Uh, and again, I'm going to come from the bias of Silicon Valley that we see that there's coders constantly coming out of high schools and colleges, and they want to go build their app. They want to go work for Facebook. They want to go work for Google. Our competition is no longer uh, you know, going to work for, you know, just to use two large integrators, AVISPL or Whitlock. It's we're competing against every other technology industry out there saying we want people that understand tech and understand how tech works. So for Infocom to make the investment in something like this where they're getting people that are interested in technology and want to see what options are available, this is this is a wonderful way to do it. It's it's a start, sure, um, but it's a great start. It's, it's a great way to just show off what this industry is capable of, uh, to integrate into the you know the the old AV departments of high schools and and junior highs and everybody that's going to show up to this is going to see that there are organizations out there representing other interests beyond 
go build your app and make your billions, or go build your app and fail miserably, because those are your two options according to the way the media reports it. Um, and we're going to give them another option. We're going to give them another avenue in this industry. And, and this is something, again, we're always trying to find young talent, and we're always trying to cultivate young talent. Finding interns, finding new people to bring into this industry is, is not easy uh, because it's not a glamorous industry in many people's eyes. And this is a perfect avenue to start changing the story from, oh, well, you know, you know AV. No, we're not just AV anymore. We're smart buildings. We're smart cities. We are the central point of a lot of these larger integrated solutions that are controlling all aspects of it. If you walk into a building and that building recognizes your presence, it's because it's dealing with some form of AV equipment at some point that's going to tell other devices to turn on, to adjust, to go to your settings, to go to your parameters. All of that is being centralized around a lot of AV equipment these days. and. This is a great chance to start telling that story, to acquire this talent that thinks going to work for Google and Apple and Facebook are only are their only options uh, when they start looking at where technology is heading. Yeah, uh, John and Hanan, I, I want to take a little di different take on this. You're more than welcome to, to chime in whether or not you think it's a good idea. But uh, Hanan, how 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 do you guys do this right now? How do you how do you acquire talent? Um, you know, from a manufacturer's level? Uh, for us, it's actually a very different approach. Um, we actually, as you know, are, you know, Israeli-born company, former CEO, our CEO is ex-Mossad, Israeli military. Um, we actually actually go only, we try as much as we can to target former military personnel. Oh. Um, we find that they understand the mission-critical aspects of business much better. Um, so everyone on our technical team in the U.S. is either former Israeli military or U.S. military. Um, the same thing in Israel. Um, the same thing even, believe it or not, in Korea on our production side. Um, and the reason for that is that we look actually for, on the experience side, much more than anything else. Because from a manufacturer standpoint, the, the ability to solve problems is not something necessarily just what you learn in school. It's the experience. How many products have you been involved in? Splicing this, splicing that, fixing it right there and then. And I've been involved in some of the most high-profile projects that if I, if my technical guys or engineering guys didn't have that same skill set to solve a problem at Port Authority, New York, New Jersey, or ESPN, it, it, these are high, you know, high-intense, you know, stressful environments. It's not just a, a nice conference room in Silicon Valley, you know, no offense, Josh, but it's much more involved than just, you know, a, a sexy a space. It's mission critical. And, you know, to Josh's point, a lot of the projects that we're doing on a global level, not just here in the U.S., but we're doing a ton of smart city developments in Africa, Latin America, Middle East, massive control rooms. But these control rooms are tied to highway signs with crazy metrics you can even imagine analyzing and the projects and the partners we work with they have also a lot of military trained talent believe it or not that are being deployed globally for projects and I think that to attract the young talent you have to speak their language you have to explain to them what the curb appeal is in AV and I think having Infocom involved is certainly going to help that but not only will it help that I think it's a must going back to Josh's point I agree yep. Yeah, our, our, our approach, uh, straight up, 
uh, January 1st, we took 25% of our marketing budget and geared everything that we're doing in that regard for our company to talent, talent acquisition, talent recruitment. Uh, the, we have a, the, the trouble our industry has is we tell it very dry. So social media is a wonderful way to tell the story, to get an excitement, to express. And what's drawing our talent to our place these days is the culture story inside your own organization. You know, I probably have picked up an engineer because we have birthday cake Thursdays, dumb stuff like that. But I, I really do. I literally picked up a sales engineer the other day because he liked what we were talking about on Facebook. Uh, you know, we are utilizing and we're trying to take advantage of what Infocom has. I mean, we believe real strongly in, in the Apex program. So the ability to start out as a receptionist and to end up as the vice president of technological services, there's a path for that. Taking advantage of those things is really important. NSCA's effort in going into visit the schools and the tech schools. With their Ignite program. That, yeah, yeah we, the Ignite program. We are fully in, fully. Um, on board for that um, because the statement that was made and it's consistently made we have to solve our own problem here we really do as an industry and if we don't step up there will be it's it's a death knell uh, but there's a lot of different ways of doing it we've dedicated a lot of our marketing efforts to that specifically uh, and and inside we have a we have a good training program I mean we literally have an Excel spreadsheet that says, okay, you start here. If you acquire these different talent sets, whether they're technical or whatever it might be, you can end up at this position. So when they join us, they know where they can be two or three years down the road themselves, and they can select their path. So there's a lot of good things going on with us, and, and I agree with what everybody said here is we have to find those people out there, and we have a great story to tell. We do such cool things. It's yeah. amazing to me that, our, that it's not out there more often. And, and, and real quick, in a lot of the high schoolers, they don't know that. They don't understand that. Simply don't. Yeah. Like you said, like you said, Brad, I mean, you have somebody that's created a video. I've got a video wall where I need some stuff off of that camera on that video wall, exactly. and they've never made that connection, and it's, like, amazing to me. Yeah. I mean, the Science and Engineering Festival is great. We're, we're thrilled to be involved in it. It's huge. It's right here in the nation's capital. But it's not something that, you know, companies, integrators, manufacturers, consultant companies – all over the country can't do. I mean, if you call the local high school and you find the media arts class or the teacher, they love to have people come in and talk about, you know, what goes on. And, and what you'll do is you'll meet like 25 students. Uh, some of them are mixing sound at their church, and some of them are just really into making videos and posting them online. And then when you tell them that, you know, they've got skills and they've got uh, passion that can feed this industry that, by the way, we should tell you about. It's called the Pro AV industry. Uh, and you point to things. You you point to amazing uh, pixel mapped buildings and stuff like that, and say, "Yeah, this is what this industry does. You can do it too." Light bulbs go off. I've had students ask for CTS exam guides and ask for career uh, uh, advice and, and and materials, and they they just need to put two and two together. And when they do, they get really intrigued. Oh, I had the other thing I got to support this is coming out of these tech schools, and then there's the great debate about the millennial generation, and that. We've, we've brought a couple of millennials on that are kind of, like you said, out of an art school or whatever it might be, and they'll be sitting in a technical meeting, and they'll make a comment, and the entire room will just stop and look at them and go, well, that's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. That so gives we, you hope for tomorrow instead of having an old gray guy like me going, this is the way we need to do it, <laughs> because they're like, they do, they come up with ideas, and everybody stops and goes, well, that's great. There's a, there's <laughs> a name for that, by the way. You know that, right? 
No, go ahead. It's, it's called the anti-dinosaur approach. I don't mean to age you there, but there's a nice one. Hey, hey, I'm okay. Go give me the shirt. That's all. Josh, <laughs> Josh, I think we can both say we're in our 30s. We're allowed to say these things, right? I've said much worse to John off the <laughs> well, off, off line, though. Offline. All right. No, uh, no, no, but it's true, Tim. We had, um, you know, about just under three years ago, and I know in our last conversation on aviation, we spoke about this and how to attract, you know, young talent. And I mentioned the fact that Prime got involved in a pro in a more of the Northeaster project uh, for New York Exploring, which is young high school kids, yep. Um, yep. often misguided. And it's I didn't realize how many people don't know about AV till these kids told me. They're like, "What the heck is that?" I, and they'll see a big an ESPN. They'll see a beautiful video wall that hangs from a chandelier at a casino, but they still don't realize it's AV. Right. So. Yeah. I, it's an issue, and I'm really happy to hear that Infocom and CTS as well collectively are trying to address some of this stuff. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, it's a, and showing the culture, like John was saying, is a big thing. That's something that we emphasize heavily at TCOM is, is demonstrating our culture. We operate Flavor. A lot like, yeah, we operate Flavor. a lot like a startup. It's, it's very communal, lots of events. But on top of that, it's also uh, trying to find ways to draw them in. Uh, TCOM does telecom, we do AV, and we do security. And one of the ways that we do that, one of the ways that we were able to draw new talent in is we, we do a lot of college recruiting, and we, we actually hire a lot of interns. Uh, we had a guy officially start full-time with us yesterday uh, in the AV group who had been an intern in our group for two summers. And now he's full-time with us. And some, other, other, some of the other folks that we hire, they start in the telecom side to get them familiar with how all these processes work. Because telecom's a little bit more structured. It doesn't shift and move, and there's not so much opinion-based uh, design work as there is in AV. Um, and, and then we sort of transition them and get them familiar with the other trades and let them make their own call as to how they want to develop. And you know, we allow them to pick their path, and we allow them to grow. And that's, that's a big part of the TCOM story that we're, we're emphasizing as we try and look for more talent, because we are growing so quickly right now. Uh, I mean, I've I've been there less than three months, and I feel like I've seen a new body come in the door yeah. every single week. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. But you know, you know, my stance on this is that I think the social media is really important to that. And so I'm learning Snapchat. I may end up with a stable of 13-year-old girls, but I'm going to have new employees. Oh. <laughs> <All right. laughs> on, on that note. Earmuffs, earmuffs. He's referring to this as employees. Oh, my. Yes, I meant, yes, a yes. place where they come employees. to work. Okay. Right. Uh, last thing here, and this is not necessarily a story. I just think it's cool, and it's something that I think that that we over here in the U.S. should should try to do sometime somewhere. Uh, our buddies over at AV Magazine, they've done this uh, AV Awards thing. I don't know how many times, uh, but as manufacturers and Hanan, you guys should should apply for this. Um, they have their they call it the AV Awards. It's a big stinking black tie uh, extravaganza. Actually, Infocom is is one of the sponsors of the event. Um, the, uh, the, uh, categories and, and the, you can go and, 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 uh, uh, put your name in and, and your product in to, to get it. And then you go over to London for a couple of days, which is not a bad, bad thing at all. So, uh, anyway, I just wanted to mention it and I'm not quite sure how the heck to pull it off, but I'm sure, you know, some smart people can figure that out over here. So well, and there's a, there's a category for a European CTS of the year this year that they, uh, that they introduced. With See? About. Yeah. So Josh can sign up for it, you know. Josh could. They don't cross honor CTS in Europe, I think, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
he can get that fixed. Well, I was, was going to say, Josh, another license. as long as Josh, license. you know, d uh, uh, designs a system for Europe, someplace in Europe, I'm sure he can, he can figure that out. So, Josh, I have an idea. I actually have a project <laughs> in Europe for studio. We could work something out. See, there we uh, go. I'll do what I can to aid and assist I'll give you a hint, and talk my way into things. Get Trago yeah. to Europe. Get Trago to, to London. Let's do that. So I don't know if he knows what SDI is. I don't know. He does. Oh. He unfortunately does. <laughs> yes. All right. That's going to do it. Uh, Mr. Brad Grimes, thank you, sir. Thanks, Tim. Appreciate it. How, how can people get a hold of you and or Infocom? Well, we're obviously at infocom.org, and if you're interested in more workforce development, we do have an uh, uh, industry foundation that, uh, that we work with. Um, go to infocom.org slash ICIF, and you can learn how to sponsor uh, interns and things like that. There's a lot of great programs in there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Hanan from PrimeView, thank you, sir. Thank you as well. Uh, feel free to reach out to me. Um, either on LinkedIn, it's easy to find me, C-H-A-N-A-N, -A -N, last name A-V-E-R-B-U-C-H, or anytime at my first name, C-H-A-N-A-N, -A -N, at primebeat.biz. Uh, feel free to reach out if I can help you in anything. All right, very good. Mr. Green, thank you, sir. As, as always, always a nice chuckle. You can reach me at, uh, you can visit our website, advancedav.com. We've got some wonderful blogs, white papers, and some recent projects that we've been very successful with, and uh, be proud to to talk to you about and you can always find me at snapchat now oh, and at twitter at the same thing at j <laughs> at j green six at j green six very cool uh and mr uh mr shrago thank you sir oh thanks for having me on tim it's always a pleasure uh you can find me at j s r a g o on twitter linkedin uh, if you want to reach out to me, AV Nation is always looking for new bloggers. You can reach me at josh at avnation.tv. And speaking of which, we have a brand new blogger who's uh, going to be launching sometime, I'm hoping, in the next week. I'm just waiting for uh, a few responses to vet some things that are going on. But uh, I am extraordinarily excited about her for her initial piece, and, and it's going to be incredible. And I think it'll, uh, uh, I think it'll start a great conversation in the industry. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, also, you know, look for me in uh, in person. I'll be at the uh, T uh, the Time Sensitive Network and uh, Applications Conference in Santa Clara next week. I will also be speaking at the Infocom Internet of Things event in May, uh, May 9th in Santa Clara. So, come find me, come say hi, debate with me. I'm always happy to do so, and I'm always happy to listen if there's anything I can do to help. Uh, they, otherwise, find you, me at TCOM. Has Infocom established a hashtag for that conference yet? Do you know? Uh, not do not. I'm not aware that we've uh, got one, but we'll, uh, I will get that out there as soon as I, uh, I have it. In fact, I will run down a hallway and be very social and, okay. and figure that out after this. He'll do in-person social media. That we should be do, yeah. Is that should be That should be a great conference. We launched a, a white paper today on the, uh, on the Internet of Things today, too. If you go to infocom.org slash IoT white paper, I think it's that obvious. Um, it's yeah. a it's sort of a... a Pro-AV and the Internet of Things white paper is going to provide the basis of a lot of things that we talk about in these uh, IoT Insights events. Kudos, kudos, guys, kudos. Uh, Infocom just also announced who the moderator for the conference was going to be. Uh, Michael Carter, VP of Business Development uh, and Marketing for the Clarion Group. He's yeah. great. He's <laughs> Mike awesome. Is, he's awesome. Mike has great insight into that next technology wave every single time. Yeah. So yeah, just, he and I are going to have a fun time at that show then. Have you met Mike before? I haven't, but I look Mike, forward to it. Yes, you will. Guaranteed. All right, very good. 
Uh, and actually, speaking of, of, of the uh, TSNA group uh, or TSNA uh, conference, I'll be there with Mr. Schrago as well next week. And um, uh, yeah, uh, so that and Josh is, is teaching uh, a couple classes at Infocom. I'm teaching a couple classes. Yeah, so check that out if you would please too. So uh, all kinds of fun stuff. Uh, don't follow me on Twitter, uh, but go by the website. Uh, Josh and, and a bunch of people put an awful lot of hard work in, into that website. Uh, we've got a couple weekly shows now. We've got a, a bunch of monthly, so check that out if you would please. avnation.tv, avnation.tv. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for watching. This has been AV Week. <laughs>